won't want to miss this. This is a, a rare, special occasion, and this will not happen again. So grab those uh, while you're able to at that $1.99 price. Please take advantage of it. That way you have all the meditations and messages from Goddess Calling. And uh, not just the few I've uploaded to YouTube and the Goddess Calling audiobook series. And uh, as far as Voices of the Sacred Feminine, the anthology based on this radio show, um, you can get the follow-up essays to the interviews uh, that were done here on the show with wonderful guests like Rianne Eisler, Noam Chomsky, uh, Father Roy Bourgeois, who was excommunicated from the Vatican for standing with women who felt they were being called to be priests, uh, Norman Ellis, Gloria Felt of Planned Parenthood, Charlene Spretnak, you know, uh, all the rest of the wonderful uh, goddess, feminist, pagan uh, women and men uh, with the vision and wisdom to help us create a new world. And, uh, and you can hear their, their wisdom and their vision uh, to help us create a new normal in that anthology, Voices of the Sacred Feminine. So go to Amazon right now. Uh, it would make a wonderful Mother's Day gift for yourself or a loved one. Uh, download a Kindle format of Goddess Calling or Voices of the Sacred Feminine for $1.99. And like I said, I can tell you this offer will probably never be seen again. Well, to all my new listeners, because I know uh, every week uh, there are a lot of new folks out there, uh, I am your hostess, uh, Karen Tate. I have been honored to be named one of the 13 most influential women in goddess spirituality and a wisdom keeper of the goddess spirituality movement. I am also a very affordable life coach, another service I provide the community. So if you're ever in need of that kind of help or life facilitation, think of me as a resource. You don't have to be local because I do life coaching over Skype. Uh, you can even do it in your pajamas and you don't even have to comb your hair before you ring me up. <laughs> I'm also the author of uh, several acclaimed books. My first was Sacred Places of Goddess, 108 Destinations, and what some call its bookend, Walking an Ancient Path, Rebirthing Goddess on Planet Earth. So whether you're an armchair tourist or you actually um, have the wherewithal to get out there on the ground, uh, whether you're um, on your own or part of a group looking for insight or ideas to live a goddess-inspired life, I invite you to check out my website, KarenTate.com. Learn more about my books, tours, talks, workshops, and uh, it's always best, um, you know, for me, if you do like the books, you buy them from me rather than Amazon, unless, of course, they're having a special, like they're having right now, uh, with Goddess Calling and Voices of the Sacred Feminine being offered for only $1.99 on Amazon during the month of May. I can't even offer you a deal like that. So, uh, getting to tonight's uh, show, uh, my wonderful guest is uh, Suzanne Taylor. She is the producer, director of What on Earth Inside the Crop Circle Mystery and executive producer of the uh, feature documentary Crop Circles Quest for Truth. We'll be discussing uh, crop circles as a doorway to oneness. Uh, but first, I want to tell you what Dana Corby says about Joe Carson's new book, Celebrate Wildness, because it's really important. Uh, Dana Corby and her blog, The Rant and Raven, uh, said this about Celebrate Wildness. She said, when people wonder aloud how the Wicca of Southern California became so much more nature-oriented and wild than the British traditions from which it arose, the one factor they don't take into account but should is Farrah. 
Farifaria. That's F-E-R-A-F-E-O-R-I-A. Farifaria is a word Fred Adams coined from Greek roots, meaning wilderness festival. Uh, it is a, a, a pagan tradition, unlike any other, based on Fred's visions of the divine feminine, the sacredness of eros, and the potential for intentional communities that truly do no harm to anything. It also draws upon themes familiar to Wiccans, such as sacred landscapes, prehistoric beliefs, and the fairy faith. Fred intended that Feriferia should lead the world into a paradisal future in which freedom, eros, and play or our core values, where that built by human hands merges seamlessly into the wild and the fae romp among us. Celebrate Wildness is a unique, exquisite, and profound book. It created in me a sort of homesickness, Dana says, a wistfulness for the idealist I was. We all were, back when we and the world and the magic were all young and fresh. Though it's a short book and only 115 art-laden pages, don't expect to read it quickly. Take your time. Let it sink into your subconscious. What bobs to the surface will be wondrous. So that's uh, all about Feriferia. And you can get the book by Joe Carson, Celebrate Wildness, uh, from the website feriferia.org. That's F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A. It's an oversized book. It's hard bound on heavy paper, and it's available for only $45 from the Feria website. Yes, indeed. I saw it. It's great. Uh, just like Dana said, um, it's one you probably want to have in your library, especially if uh, you're nature-oriented. And uh, that description I've just read to you, if that tugs at your heart, that's definitely a book that uh, you're going to want to want. So now uh, we will turn our attention to tonight's guest, uh, Suzanne Taylor, and we'll be saying hello in just a moment. But I want to give you a little bit more of an introduction to her and um, uh, the plethora of work uh, she's accomplished by way of her bio, and then we'll uh, start chatting about um, uh, you know, crop circles and, um, you know, how she got into this and what she's learned and does she have new information to share with us about these things. Because as I already said, she uh, is the producer-director of What on Earth Inside the Crop Circle Mystery. Um, she uh, was the executive producer of the 2002 feature documentary Crop Circles, Quest for Truth. Uh, the newer film uh, got good reviews in the New York Times and was the best feature documentary Documentary at the UFO Congress Film Festival, and the first film got uh, the Audience Award. Uh, what on Earth had its TV premiere uh, on CPT12, a Colorado PBS station. And Suzanne uh, is a crop circle authority on the Ancient Aliens television series on the History Channel. She uh, was a producer for Brother, Can You Spare a Paradigm? Um, and uh, TEDx, WestHollywood.com, um, the controversial TEDx West Hollywood program that's been serving uh, to get issues about non-local reality into the public eye. Uh, as as uh, follow-up to TED Talk, she's producing SUE Speaks, Sue Speaks, with Sue standing for Searching for Unity in Everything. 
And uh, she's the founder of Mighty Companions, a nonprofit dedicated to rethinking our worldview. Uh, her list, Sanchez Home, is a gathering place for activists. The walls are lined with her post-impressionist paintings. Uh, she had a one-woman show. And uh, the food is superb. Uh, Suzanne is a chef who wrote the Anybody Can Make It, Every, uh, Everybody Will Love It cookbook. Well, Suzanne, sounds like you've been a busy lady. You know, with all of that, it all, it's all so related to the things that you were talking about at the start of the show about all of the goddess uh, feminine reality where, um, in fact, the one of the things, just to jump into a little factoid about the circles that will relate this, um, they they land wherever they are in the world, and of course they're focused in England, but they've been in 40 other countries as well. And wherever they land, um, it will be near something ancient and sacred. Um, well, sacred, I guess, is just kind of a, a word that, uh, like if you think of an Indian burial ground, I would think of that as sacred. Uh, mm-hmm. But that in, in the States, for instance, they will frequently land near things like Indian burial grounds. And so you wonder, in England, in fact, this little area where they're concentrated is ancient sacred landscape, and I can really say it uh, related to that um, geography. Uh, you've got Stonehenge there. You've got Avebury, which is equally uh, significant uh, as Stonehenge. That's kind of at the uh, northern end and Stonehenge at the southern end of this little area where all these circles arrive. And all in that area, you've got all these ancient artifacts, this very manipulated landscape. They used to do a lot of sacred ceremony in this area. Well, why? Why? Why are they calling us back to our roots? Well, our roots are with nature. Our roots are to be part of the universe, to, which is the feminine, you know. Uh, we mm-hmm. We came from this feeling of oneness, this feeling of integration with nature, and then the left brain took over and God got placed outside of ourselves, and we began began to worship uh, this dualistic kind of world, but the circles are calling us back to all of the uh, kinds of things that all those books that you've written and are talking about uh, would be talking about. So I thought, oh, this is perfect, <laughs> perfect segue into my subject matter. Well, absolutely well said, and that's one of the reasons I thought that, you know, at first blush, someone might say, well, why in the world is Karen having someone talk about crop circles on her show? But when you look deeper, that's exactly right. Um, You know, and and there is some, it seems to me anyway, and I'm sure you'll get into this and give your uh, hypothesis, but it seems there's some sort of intelligent design, if you will, um, behind these crop circles. And, uh, uh, in, in, well, in, in our show, I mean, we've called it uh, Crop Circles, a Doorway to Oneness. Um, you know, right. is it more than, than just a reminder of our interconnection with nature? Um, do, you, do you think there's more to it than that? Oh, absolutely. And that also fits very well with all of your thematic material, which is that, you know, and is why I'm actually interested in them, uh, even beyond the fact that they're calling us to a time when we are, uh, we were, we were healthier than we are now, you might say. Uh, but in fact, you know, you're talking about reimagining the world. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just love the way you talk about all of your, your material, because the reason that I got interested in them is, if we, in fact, are not making them, that means there is another intelligence aside from ourselves, an advanced intelligence somewhere in the universe, not necessarily from another uh, planet or star system or uh, out in space out there. Maybe it's another dimension. Whatever it is, 
the evidence is that there is another intelligence engaging with us. I don't believe the media. It's not all made by people. But if there were another intelligence and we accepted that, let's say, let's say contact was in headlines, the whole world would change. Everyone would be talking together. The whole world would be having mm-hmm. a conversation about what is this? What do we do about this? Because we, have ha- we would have something other than ourselves to focus on, it would turn us into one humanity focusing on the other, and that is really what we need to move into. We need to move out of this world of greed, uh, of violence, of opposition, of dualistic you know, uh, underpinnings, and we need to move back to... We could we could describe it as feminine, but it also is a time of wholeness and a time of mm-hmm. really much more. Um, you know, we we've got left brain, right brain, where the the right brain is our grounding in the big picture, and the left brain is all this activity. We've gotten so good at all this forward motion, all this me- mechanization, all the things that the left brain does. Uh, but the, you know, we're way out of balance. And um, yeah. so to me, you know, the yeah, reason just, I got so interested in the circle, the right. really, so yeah, what can you think of? What What is there that would pull us together as one humanity? You know, this is such an, uh, an opportunity. I thought, oh, if I could do something about that, if I could promote that, if I could actually get that contact into headlines, I would have really made an incredible contribution to the world. And that is why I got involved. And, in fact, everything I do has to do with getting us to that, you know, higher order of thinking on next reality. So let me let me interrupt you here, and uh, and when, first of all, let me say you are speaking our language, Hallelujah, sister. Um, yeah, really. But, uh, <laughs> um, it, it, you know, it, it, it sometimes you know me and my guests get going, and it sounds like we could fit into a um, you know one of those tent revivals or something, you know, because uh, <laughs> we are so passionate about this, and you know, and it is so important. Right. I mean, after we're only talking about saving the world, right? Um, but well, but you I'm know, wondering. very seriously. Yeah, yeah, very seriously. No, very we're seriously, talking about we're talking about saying, you know, yeah. you know, as we as we even you know gab about that, I think very seriously about the fact that I mean I don't know how much you know we want to get off the circles per se, but in a world where uh, there is an affinity for the afterlife, which is our enemy seems to not not think of life as sacred, and in fact think of the thinks of the afterlife as preferable. That's such a dangerous world to be in because life is the bargaining mm-hmm. chip. When we used to have wars, everybody was trying to preserve life, and so you had something to great against and something to win with. Well, now, you know, you're a world of an enemy that you can't pin down. It isn't in one place. It's, it erupts everywhere, and it, and, it, and, and it likes the afterlife better than the real, the, the current life. Wow. Well, but, I mean, but, you talk about saving the world. But, Seriously. Yeah, but I mean, the, and, and the Christians are just as guilty because the Christians have uh, that movement too, where you know, where they just can't wait for Jesus to come, you know, and everybody will, exactly. you know, will be the rapture, and they're all, yeah. I mean, there are way too many right. people focused on not this life and this world, but the next. And gee, won't uh, you know if it turns out there isn't anything uh, uh, when their eyes close, they're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> I mean, we know there's not going to be what a, a night. Uh, what is it? How many vir- ninety-nine virgins, or whatever it is? I, <laughs> <laughs> well, all, all of that mythology, right? 
Right, right. Well, you right. know what I think about? I think about the fact that, you know, what would happen? The what if? What would happen if really something incredibly catastrophic came to pass because of the terrorists? And wouldn't we say at that point, let's say half the world is gone and half the world is left. The half the world that would be left saying, why didn't we take this more seriously? To have a real mm-hmm. conversation about how to, ch- not how to handle the individual challenges and problems. God knows they're important. Global warming is very important. But the thought process that's keeping all of these negative things in place is what we should be dealing with, and we aren't. We don't pay any attention to that, really. Uh, we talk about the jeopardy, but we don't really you know, say, well, what could we do about that? Just like me saying, well, maybe it's these crop circles, maybe another intelligence uh, coming on the scene or being proved to be in existence uh, would, would change the world. Why aren't we having conversation about what else could grab the whole world and turn it around? You know, it sounds yeah. like, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, is it ridiculous or, or could we actually be in such jeopardy that we ought to be having that conversation? Anyway, that is my advocacy, having that conversation. <laughs> Right. Well, well, you, uh, you know, you have an advocate here, and I, I, I wonder, uh, Suzanne, did you actually go you know, visit a lot of these crop circles before you decided to invest all of this time to make these films? Because I know when you start doing those films, that's probably years of your life involved. Well, I had years of my life already being plugged into the phenomenon. It started with pr- programs that I was producing out of my home, wh- where I think it was in my bio that my home is a kind of a gathering place for far out thinking or whatever, you know, uh, for positive thinking. And um, so many different subjects are dealt with here. It's sort of like a salon, you might say, those salons of old. Mm-hmm. And, um Crop circles were just one topic that came along, and I produced several programs about them. Now, this was in the late 80s, and they were such popular programs that, in fact, things that I first scheduled to be done in my home, which is, you know, a decent-sized home, but it's a home, I had to take out into the commercial world and get a big space uh, because there was such interest in this phenomenon in the late 80s. and so I produced several programs, and I got so fascinated by them, I thought, well, i got to go to England and see what's going on. I want to see for myself. And um, my first trip to England was in 1993. I go way back. But I got so uh, excited about what was going on. It was so exciting in those early years. There was a community of people that would come from all the different countries who were the kind of... Um, uh, crop circle enthusiasts. We co- we even had a little name for ourselves. We called ourselves croppies, and the croppies produced the conferences, wrote the books, took the pictures, and in fact had really, uh, to, in great part, shifted their lives from whatever they. We have an architecture professor from USC, an Englishman, uh, but he stopped. He stopped teaching. He just got totally plugged into what he could do on behalf of these crop circles. Uh, so in those early years, it was so exciting. It was so promising. There wasn't a lot of negativity. The hoaxers weren't the terrorists of the crop circle world as they became. Uh, and so I thought, oh, my God, this could really change the world. What, what, how, what, I mean, what can I do about this? Well, what do you do to give the world a message? You make movies. And I had Mm -hmm. been an actress. I was married to a producer. I knew the film world. It wasn't foreign to me. And I thought, well, okay, I'm going to get some movies out there and really, you know, tell the world wholesale what what is going on. Uh, So that was kind of my entry into it all. And it took me... 
I, I returned from England in 1996 with a vow. I said, okay, if I'm going to do anything important with my life, it's going to be to tell the world about circles. I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to get a movie made. I, you know, I never made a movie. And so I looked around for a filmmaker, and I finally found one who had an Academy Award nomination for Waco. I don't know if you remember that documentary. And he was looking for somebody to fund a crop circle movie. He wanted to make one. Uh, and so we became the, you know, the marriage that uh, professional marriage that actually produced the first movie. I was the executive producer of Crop Circle's Quest for Truth. Came out and finally in 2002. It does take a long time to get movies together. Uh, but when that came out, there was another movie to be made, and I'd sort of gone to school on watching him. I was the executive producer. I organized the shoot, the main shoot. We were 10 weeks in England on our shoot that year uh, to make that movie. And that was a concentrated shoot to actually make a movie uh, because my film, actually, I w returned several summers and just did a piece, a piece, a piece, and just kept adding to it. But that movie, uh, we, we made a concerted effort, and we wanted to get it out at the same time as Signs came out uh, so that we could get the publicity from Signs that was, you know, a huge Hollywood movie that was featuring crop circles. Uh, right. And, you know, so that's kind of my history of how I came into all of this. I've been involved, you know, for many years now. I don't know. I've added up, what is 1989 till now, so whatever me, that is. So that's me, how long so I've been me, involved. So let me ask you a few questions um, while you take a breath. <laughs> um, yeah, right. You know, the, the, the crop circles, uh, when you would go out and film them, um, you know, you never know where they're going to pop up. So uh, would you just hear about one and go film it? And, and what's the shelf life, so to speak, for a crop circle? How long will it, will it remain right. there? Right. Well, when, in England... Um, the word gets out in many different ways, and ultimately, you know, we moved into the uh, cyberspace age and the internet and whatever, and so uh, uh, the, the the what do they call us? Oh my God, what are the words? When you know where something is, you know, a grid or whatever, the GPS, you know, we had our GPS, yeah. so we didn't have that. Earlier on, you had people at 4 o'clock in the morning, because it's a rather concentrated area, or a small area where the bulk of them appear in England. You can count on it. You don't know where they're going to appear in the rest of the world. It's accidental. And if it happens, whatever, you know, however they get covered, they get covered just however. But in England, it's very focused. Uh, there's a gathering place. The word goes out. They, the people who go around spotting them, they go around to the top of the hills. And England is full of hills and then flatland. Uh, where the uh, family farms are. It's not, it's not industrial farming. It's all small family farms. And so they would go to all of the high promontories, look down, see if there were new circles that morning, get the word to uh, the cafe where everybody would gather. And mad dashes, because people were always, you know, there's, a, there's oh, six or eight weeks that is the really hot season, and everybody's poised and ready, ready to jump in their cars, you know. And sometimes you'd yeah. be driving down a road and you'd see 20 cars. They'd, oh, somebody found a crop circle, you know. Right, uh, it, right, it, it right. It's really, really quite an exciting world so, to belong so you're, to. So you're saying, you're saying that they only present themselves at certain times of the year? Well, they are when the crops are growing. Oh, the other part of your question was, what's the shelf life? Well, the shelf life is uh, it can be as early as uh, when the crop is young and green and just, I don't know how tall would accept a circle, maybe, I don't know, a foot tall or so. And then it goes all the way up until the day of harvest. 
so you're you're dealing in very different kind of material. You're dealing in you know growing soft green stuff, and you're dealing in absolutely brittle, lifeless. You know, there's no more growth life left in it. And then uh, then they're, then it's harvested. Uh, that you can't put them on a museum wall. You know, they're so, they're, they're so gone. It, it, so, it, so it remains until so it so it's potentially there for a few weeks or maybe I uh, maybe even a few months maybe that's stretching it a little bit but uh, until no no the, it could the, be there the yeah, sometimes through yeah. with the harvest harvest um, right so right. Or, so so that's why what that's why it's seasonal because I see what you mean that's what makes it seasonal because you only see it when uh, you know when the crop is growing so I, yes. I, I get it now. Okay, that makes sense. We talk about the, we sense. talk about the season. It you know kind of seems like the races, the racing season or something. The crops are yeah. the season. Yeah. But that right. well that makes that makes perfect sense. And and um, so so tell me about the this idea of of uh, the people who would do these uh, you know the hoaxers. Um, you oh, know dear. those those were probably in the minority, weren't they? I mean, and and that sort of gave the whole crop circle. I, you know, genre sort of a, a bad, uh, you know, sort of a bad name, so to speak, and people thought it was all just a hoax. Right. The hoaxers were sort of the spoilers. They've gone through a progression also. You know, early on, they were not trying to convince the world that it was there was not a real phenomenon because according to them, and you know what, it's not like we're in the most uh, – uh, intimate conversation with them, but you know you kind of know what's going on. And according to them, um, they they were artists, and the fields were a place where they would express their art, which was um, they were not trying to tell you there wasn't a real phenomenon, and they were clearly copying it, so to speak, or trying to you know do the same thing. And they were trying to fool us. Uh, now, if they indeed had um, had had if they indeed had taken a position that everything was hoaxed, the tourists would not have come and looked at their work. So they did not want to convince the world that it was all hoaxed. They were just a little irritant because, in fact, there's lots of research that goes into these things. And then, you know, to invest the time and the energy to start working on a circle and then discover, oh, no, it's not the real deal. It's one of those hoaxed ones, you know. Uh, and And... You know, something about deception is never a healthy kind of thing to do. It throws everybody into a little tizzy of confusion, and uh, and 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 it and it also so happens that the hoaxers per se, the people who are hoaxing, they are not nice people. I, I, I sorry about that, but I mean, I'm sorry to you know pass the bad word, but they really aren't nice people. They're nasty people, um, and. So that's not, you know, a good energy that uh, got spewed out over this phenomenon. Uh, and right. then if I take you into the current time, um, something happened in the last two or three years where, in fact, they have changed their tune. And now, for instance, if I go online and I say something, you know, oh, I, some, some, something positive, let's say, whatever it is, about crop circles, uh, or some nice thing that my movie has just gotten some nice award or some such. And they seem to be trolling the net, and they'll post and they'll say, "Right, you know they're all fake. You're just in it for the money," <laughs> which of mm. course is a big laugh because all of the people who have you know these these devotees. I mean, 
they make a little money from pictures and and books and comic, but nobody's getting rich on these things. I know. know everybody yeah. just scratches <laughs> to make a few dollars. You know. Oh yeah, right. You know they're all fake. You're just in it for the money. I think. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> like you're becoming a millionaire. Yeah, I know. It's it's really it's really funny. I mean, I was in the in the film Film Women Healing the World, and a uh, wonderful producer uh, Emmanuel Ata uh, made it. Uh, you know, a French French gentleman who is. I Oh, okay. Yeah, Um, I had a a tiny little (laughs) bit of it. With, with all the other faces right. and you know and he sh- and you know he, you know just to speak to the fact that you know documentary filmmakers uh, it's a struggle you know to bring the message oh, yeah. to the masses i mean he um you know he went bankrupt you know uh making that film you know uh, he it was it was unfortunate that the women's community didn't rally behind that film more uh, so i know what you're talking about you know and as a minor author myself you know you what you maybe get a dollar a book how many books do you have to sell before you even pay yourself back you know for your time and your I mean you can't even think about reimbursing yourself for your time I mean that's just a pie in the sky dream (laughs) but right um, absolutely well you know we have we have your uh, Michael Moore's out there and your you know your your big documentaries that actually make money uh, but those are so rare compared to the yeah. whole vast field of documentaries. And everybody knows that documentary filmmaking are acts of love, labors of love. Uh, by yeah. an, they are. They just are. People are passionate about what they're doing. And there's very little expectation in the whole documentary world that anybody's going to really get rich. Um, yeah. Although some people, you know, heaven knows, have. But very, very few. You know, that yeah, isn't yeah. the standard. And that isn't why people make these things. No, I totally get that. Well, well, getting back to your films and the content of the films, um, I would imagine most of my listeners have probably seen at least one History Channel or PBS or yeah. documentary on crop circles. Um, you know, what's you know, what do you think is the most important information you got out of your films? You know, is has there been any new discoveries? Um, you know, you know, what might listeners not have heard already? Well, you know, people always are curious to know, well, what's the point? Why are they doing this? Uh, they, mm-hmm. presuming there is a they. Why Why would they be doing this? And is there an alphabet that we haven't got all the letters yet? Or is it hieroglyphics? And when we figure it all out, the whole message will come together. Now, we're in speculation here. We have something happening. We don't know why. Nobody's telling us. So then we speculate, you know, why is this going on? And I, I just feel so strongly that... that the real deal, we're just going to accept that there is a real deal. Uh, I certainly have. And uh, the, the, so to my belief, my strong belief is that, no, there isn't some overall something and we haven't got it yet. What they're doing is they are sending us the message over and over again that there is another intelligence. There's so much encoded in these things, both the very, very sophisticated geometry, which is not accidental. It's very carefully planned. Uh, They wink at us in certain ways, like if we're going to have an eclipse, you'll see a crop circle that uh, gives you the idea of an eclipse. Uh, uh, I can't even explain how because we're not looking at pictures, but but, they will give us things, indications of events to come, like they're watching us, like it's not random, it's not accidental, there is another intelligence encoding these things, and that if we accepted that, 
we don't need their specifics. We don't need them to tell us this or tell us that. Uh, or, oh, you know, what are they trying to tell us? I think they're telling us that they exist, that another right. intelligence exists, and that they yeah. just keep bombarding us with evidence of it. This circle, that circle, the next circle, uh, one, you know, magical thing after another. And I, I could just picture them scratching whatever passes for their head saying, why don't they get it? Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. much do we have to send them before they get it, that we're, that there's something sending them messages? Well, you know that expression that there's um, none so blind as those who will not see or hidden in plain sight. You know, those are sort of the expressions that, you know, come to mind, uh, you know, as right. we're focused on this. Because, you know, we have to remember, you know, the geometry at play in these circles. I mean, these aren't just simple little circles. I mean, there's some serious mathematical geography that, uh, you know, so many of these circles, uh, you know, uh, are composed of that how could it not be something intelligent? I mean, that's sort of just where, you know, my uh, logic goes. Uh, And maybe I'm, uh, you know, maybe I'm just crazy and I don't know enough about science. You know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe stuff like that can just uh, be produced, but you know I don't know. I, I'm just of the mind no, that no, there's, no, there's some no sort chance, of intelligence Karen. there. Yeah. No, no, there yeah. isn't. There isn't any chance that it's just random and that you know a million monkeys are going to type Shakespeare. No, 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 no. We are getting intelligent messages. The only open question is: Are we getting it from a mystery source, or is it people that are you know trying to fool us? That's that's the only open question. Not ha- not. And then the question is: You know, what's the point of it all? And my interpretation being that they're trying to inform us there's another intelligence. You know, there seems to be some prime directive out there. I don't know. Uh, is that came from Star Trek or, you know, where we're Star Trek. quite where uh, Star Trek, excuse me. Oh, God, right. Got my <laughs> movies mixed up. Uh, but um, they, they, they talked about the prime directive, which is that no other civilization can come and save us. It's, it's not even the cosmic laws. So to me, that makes sense. It's like they're giving us material which, which we can use our minds and we can comprehend that something's going on whereby we own that. It hasn't been smashed, you know, punched at us. It hasn't been delivered on a silver platter. It's something we had to reach for, we had to think about. And then it's ours. Then, then, then we've done it ourselves. We're in the picture of advancing the action, so to speak. And that makes perfect sense to me. Um, yeah. That well, does. and I, I wonder, I, I mean, I wonder, I, I mean, it is such a marvel and it is mysterious. And it, and I agree with you. I, I I think it does point to some other intelligence, which you would think would make everybody stand up and pay attention. Um, and I'm I'm wondering why more people aren't curious. And I I wonder, do you have a hypothesis? Oh, for sure. You know, anything that is outside of ordinary reality is very suspect, and and, and as well it should be actually. There's nothing wrong with suspicions that. Um, you know, being not not being uh, skeptical as a religion, but you know, healthy skepticism, uh, Occam's razor, all of that. You know, if it uh, the, the the simplest thing is usually the right thing. However, you have to do have to look at evidence, 
and um, people just don't, you know, They're, they accept the easy explanation. And in fact, you know, we, we talk about this in the movie, the very first um, kind of uh, uh, bombshell that came along in the crop circle phenomenon, people still talk about Doug and Dave, those two farmers that after there was so much enthusiasm about what this mystery could be in uh, 1990, 1991, uh, at the end of the 1991 season when we had been visit when two incredible circles had been delivered to us that are still among the best that ever were, these two farmers got a press release all over the world because all the newspapers, all the countries were interested in this. It was news all the time. Now all of a sudden, this press release became real news all over the world, uh, real fake news, which is that these two farmers had made them. And, well, <laughs> um, that, that, as we say in the movie, when you're dealing with things that are outside ordinary reality, any excuse to dismiss it, is the mind wants to do that. The mind does not want to accept things that change the world. Even when the world is in difficulty, uh, what's known is easier than what's you know, unknown. It's scary to go to where yeah. it's unknown. And so when these two guys uh, got that perpetration out there, and we have some evidence that it came from British intelligence, not from two farmers, but when that word went out, um, then um, the world, quote-unquote, found it easier to say, oh, those two guys made them all over. We don't have to think about that huh. anymore, you know. And so I, I think that is human nature. And and that makes sense to a certain extent, you know. I mean, uh, people, you know, people want answers, you know, and not having answers, I think, makes people uncomfortable. They like closure, you know. But but that's an interesting oh, yes. thing that you that, that's an interesting thing that you said. Um, why would what did you say? MI six um, or British intelligence? I mean, why why would they want to marginalize this phenomena? I mean, obviously. It, um, uh, you know, it's not like people were going there uh, in mass and like worshiping the crop circles or something. Um, you know, what do you think they were afraid of? Yeah, these are all good questions. I like these questions. Um, well, uh, the power structure does not give up its power easily, and the power structure is dependent on our accepting the world as it is. If something tremendously radical comes along that just shakes us up and changes everything, uh, that's just uh, anathema to – and this is, this is a natural process, not evil, really. It's just the way it is. The power structure hangs on. It does not want to be challenged. You know what I think about about <laughs> that? I hope this is okay with you and your listeners. But what I think about is – how uh, alcohol is legal and psychedelics aren't. Uh, yeah. Psychedelics change, yeah. Your, change your perception. No, no, no. Power structures do not want your perception mm -hmm. changed because that, that threatens their power, you know, the role that they yeah. play. It's just sort of, it really is very quite natural, actually. And, um, yeah. you know, you, you know, there was a, a um, an American... Uh, meeting. Uh, um, I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping now. I haven't looked at this data for a little while. I'm hoping I'm remembering it right. Um, oh, I'm not remembering the name of it. But there, there was a committee that was called at the height of 
the the early 50s, I think, when uh, there was a lot of UFO activity, and it was really in all the papers. It was, you know, people were wondering what's going on, and they called a committee. You can find this online now. This was classified for a long time, and uh, I'm I'm sorry I'm not remembering the name. Maybe it will come to me as I say this, but uh, the, the minutes of the meeting are online. And the question on the floor was, this was a government uh, office, and the question on the floor was, what do we tell people about UFOs? Because the, the, the reality was they didn't know. And so the answer they came up with was, we will, because we don't know, if we said that, people would be scared. So what we are going to do as policy is we are going to ridicule it. And every time you're on talk shows or interviews or whatever, just, just ridicule it all. And that became our government policy. Um, so, um, you know, this is consistent with uh, whatever the British government did to get that press release sent out. Because when you track where the press release came from, it was a fake address, and then they tracked some more, and it all it went back to British intelligence. And the thought that two farmers could have gotten a press release into newspapers all over the world is rather ridiculous. And yeah, that is what happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we talk a lot here about uh, sacred hallucinogens and power over, uh, you know, those sorts of things, because, you know, the sacred feminine is uh, really sort of uh, uh, alternative history, alternative religion. It's It changes people's consciousness, you know. It, it, uh, it causes, you know, causes women not to accept second-class uh, you know, citizenship anymore, so to speak, you know, um, and you can understand why uh, maybe it all got swept beneath the rug. I mean, I grew up in the Bible Belt, and I didn't even know about any of this till I moved to California when I was 30 years old. So, you know, there are the right. powers that be, you know, have reasons for, uh, you know, promoting certain agendas and um, uh, subverting uh, other agendas. And some people would probably say, oh, well, Karen, you sound like a conspiracy theorist. But I don't think so. I think that's just the the reality of it. You know, power wants exactly. to protect the power base. You know, exactly, um, exactly. And it's not really evilly motivated. It isn't. You know, t- t- people. That, I mean, you know, manipulating things and fix, you know, doing things out of really nasty kind of perspectives to keep their power. It's really, really the way the you know the zeitgeist works. It just does work that way, and you know, just to be well, aware kinder. of that. And that's what you're dealing you're with. You're kinder than I. <laughs> you're kinder than I. I. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like there is an agenda at play, you know, and 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 to want to hold on to power at all costs. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to be dethroned, so to speak, but when when the power structure is oppressive, then it doesn't deserve to be in power. You know, it is the evil empire. <laughs> but the well, rest, no, but, no, know, that, that, yes, that's true. It's just not. A, it's not like a conspiracy where everybody's kind of put their heads together to do their malicious kind of tinkering. You know, yeah, it's just kind yeah. of power wants to hang on to power. You know, I don't. Yeah, that's just yeah. the way the na- it the kind nature of, of the is. Beast. So how, yeah, yeah, uh, how, and it is a beast, you know. Uh, yeah. you know so how how far back um, can we um, date crop circles? Well, um, the, the the dating that we do, uh, we we always pick this wonderful thing called the mowing devil. If you look it up online, you'll see you know million references to it. It was a little woodcut in 1678. I think I have my date right. Um, that um, has a picture uh, of a little devil feet character in what 
it clearly is a crop circle. Uh, you just look at it, you see the picture, you see these different rings and the crop going different directions, and it is a, it is a picture from a crop field. The little story in archaic English talks about um, the mower coming to the farmer, and the farmer says, I'm not going to pay you that much, let the devil do it, and then there's this little picture of a devil in uh, what is clearly a crop circle. So that's 1678. What has happened since then, as we go back and look at the world literature, what we can see is that a Approximately, give or take, every hundred years or so, there is another flurry in whatever. This was a woodcut. That was the literature of the day. Well, in whatever the literature of the day is, every hundred years or so, there's a little flurry of something that, oh, they're talking about crop circles. They weren't called that then, not until the modern era. But, but describing what, what they were talking about, oh, uh, interest, a little, little curiosity, and then it would go away every hundred years or so. We do a little creation in the movie of something from 1890 from Nature magazine, uh, which was an article. Nature is a very prestigious science magazine in England, and um, there was an article by a scientist who said, I was in this field, and there were hundreds of circles, and blah, blah, blah. And um, we, as I say, we do a little recreation of that in the movie. Uh, there were a, f a few more issues of nature where people wrote back and forth about, you know, what is it, and, and you know, an exchange of, of uh, uh, comments. And this is the days of print. We weren't in the Internet yet. And then that, that went away. And then now the modern era, it has lasted longer than it ever has before. Interest in it and, uh, you know, developments in that world. Um, we Probably the late 70s and the early 80s is when we started paying attention. We meaning a few people in England who then got a few more people who then, you know, it just uh, burgeoned out into, uh, into a, a whole, you know, phenomenon. Uh, and, you know... I just want to tell you, Karen, it may be over. That it, 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 it went through this long cycle from, you know, late 70s, early 80s of fascination, of incredible product, you know, wonderful designs, uh, wonderful uh, imaginative kind of uh, elements of uh, what was incorporated in these crop circles. And then these hoaxers the last few years have gotten so noisy and really have been uh killing the phenomenon you might say or trying mm -hmm. to for i don't i don't know why but in fact the circles have been not very good these last few years i it, i wouldn't be surprised if the last couple of years there have not been any of the real deal in england i'm going to tell you something else that's going on uh but it may be that you know just like in the other times before, whatever was delivering those circles back from 1678 on, uh, it, it, it didn't attract interest. And so whatever it was that was delivering them went away. You know, it, it gave a little test. Yeah. You know, it stuck its finger in the water and nothing happened, yeah. so it went away. Well, this was a long stretch of finger in the water. A lot happened. But maybe it's gone away again, and maybe we have to wait another hundred years for something hmm, dramatic to sad. happen. Although... Although, say, now I'm going to tell you the although, there is something very interesting going on in the Netherlands. Um, it's a crop circle uh, situation. It's uh, different from what was going on in England with um, all of those uh, many different geometric shapes and what have you. But this one has a very interesting characteristic. There is a person in the Netherlands 
who around whom the crop circles form. He can tell you what field they're going to be in. He can tell you the shape they're going to have frequently. Uh, oh, I feel one coming. It's going to be, and then they take a ride, and oh, there it is, just like he said. Wow. He's a very, very unusual and very controversial person. There are many people trying to discredit him. But the reason that I am so high on believing uh, what he is uh, up to and what's happening with, for him is because we 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 have one source of scientific information. In fact, when people say to me, what, "Why are you so sure that there's something you know that's not all people going on?" and I say, "Well, it's science that uh, is our god. You know, we pay attention to the findings of science." And mm-hmm. earlier on in this phenomenon. There was a lot of science done, real scientific studies with uh, yeah. all the ways in which, you know, it was subjected to scientific protocols. They sent samples into a lab. They sent they, mm-hmm. from the standing crop that wasn't crop circles compared to the crop that was crop circles. A lot of, I mean, really expensive work was done. Lawrence Rockefeller, uh, one of the Rockefeller brothers before he passed along, was very interested in these kind of subjects and was funding some of this. And... So the lab results can all be found on bltresearch.com. Bacon, lettuce, tomato makes it easy to remember, bltresearch.com, but of course it's not that. And T, BLT, is Nancy Talbot. And Nancy Talbot has this association with this guy in the Netherlands. She is so straight arrow. She's a New Englander. Boy, she doesn't mess around Science is science, and she has, you know, uh, uh, she, she's salt of the earth. I believe everything she says. She's never, you know, trying to mislead, uh, I believe. And so when she's telling me that all of this stuff that's going on in the Netherlands is for real, she's my authenticator that I take the word from, that something right. very interesting is going on over there. And it may be that they've left England and they're playing around in the Netherlands now. So, you know, if anybody's really interested, get on BLT Research. There's lots of material on there about this guy. His name is Robert Vanderbrook, and he's a medium. He does other things besides this crop circle situation, but it's really quite astonishing. And, in fact, Nancy, when she, she goes there every summer, and when she was staying at his house, uh, she was witness to a crop circle forming right outside her bedroom window. And oh she has God. the account. Yeah, she's one of the eye. There are eyewitness accounts, by the way. There were maybe I'm not quite sure how many because we stopped. We used to have a, a center for crop circle studies that would collect all of this. There were 25 of them when this when that disbanded some years ago, and I think the hoaxers were were uh, too troublesome and they couldn't keep it together. Uh, you know, when you have a, a negative element in something, everything becomes very dicey. Right. And so, uh, so they finally th- th- but anyway, so they were collecting. There were about five. There were 25. Maybe there's 15 more now. Nancy's being among them, and all the eyewitnesses say the same thing. They say there's a great. There's no craft. Nobody ever sees a craft. I don't know if they're invisible, but they never see them. Uh, what happens is there's a lot of. Dis- you can feel the disturbance. The animals go crazy on the farms. Uh, they make a lot of noise. Uh, there are light phenomenon. You see shafts of light, uh, and. Um, and they all say the same essential thing, that the circles go down in six or seven seconds, no matter how big they are, no matter what. They kind of whoosh down in six or seven seconds. We do a little facsimile of it in our movie. Uh, but that's, you know, quite, quite astonishing to read these reports of, you know, from hither so and yon, say- all over the world, so actually. 
so you're saying that the crop circle from, you know, based on what you just described, the crop circle is created in six or seven seconds. So it's not like yes. these eyewitnesses could sort of watch that section, uh, you know, get right. formed and then another section no, no, get no. formed. It, it's like, boom, and it's done. Right. It's a, yes, it's an event. They're watching an event. Yeah, wow. and they're very credible. You know, you read these reports, and, and again, Nancy, oh, I'm so grateful that our science lady is, you know, uh, the authenticator for who she is. You know, I'm grateful for who mm-hmm. she is, yeah. and I trust her so much. Because really, you know, I take a tremendous amount of my belief in the reality of this from, from that work that was done. But, you know, why well, not? We, we are appreciators well, so of her- science. Well, two questions. Um, first, about that that fellow, the medium, and then about the your authenticator, um, the medium guy. Uh, d- does he have any sort of explanation for who it is, or what what it is, or what they're doing, uh, other than he just gets this bodily sensation, and he's a, he knows that it's associated with this crop circle phenomena. I mean, there's no answers. No, I haven't heard answers. I've just heard data, you know, that this is what's going on. And no, I have not heard him uh, speak of why. There doesn't seem to be a why associated with his body of work, just the yeah. the fact that it's happening, you know. And, and your authenticator lady, um, you know, she, because she's all about the science, does she have a theory or is she perplexed? No. No, no, these are people who are paying, you know, attention to what is, not what why it is. Um, right. And in fact, in fact, there's two movies, that, as you described. There was the first one done by the Academy Award-nominated filmmaker, uh, which is Crop Circle's Quest for Truth, and that one has a lot of Nancy in it. I've, I don't have Nancy in mind because it was such a long stretch of her in that first one. But if anybody, you know, wanted to... Uh, really uh, see see her live in action talking about uh, all of these scientific aspects. You'll find it in that first movie. Okay. And it's available. Um, you know it's available in Amazon and what have you. So let's talk I think a little it's bit actually, about I think it's actually on Netflix also, yeah. Okay. Um, so um, the formations, you know, in some of the material you sent me before the show, you said that the formations uh, sort of geometrically square the circle, uh, sort of uh, like the famous Leonardo drawings. Did you want right. to elaborate on that a little bit? What does that mean well, exactly? You know, there, yeah, yeah, there are some um, kind of um, – what aspects of this phenomena that are just fascinating. I mean, you know, we, we, we actually do a long section about that aspect of it in the movie where there's this geometric puzzle. It's been hundreds of years. Geometers have been scratching their heads over this or, or paying attention to this for uh, hundreds of years, which is in a geometric construct, uh, the attempt is to get a square to have the same length as a circle, like if you open them up, they would be the same, and they're a function of this uh, designing done with compass and straight edge uh, that geometers do. And in all of world literature prior to crop circles, there were six or seven instances 
that you could find of of these incredible uh, designs where, in fact, they squared the circle. And that Leonardo drawing is the idea of that. It's got a circle. If you pay attention, you know, look at it again, and everyone would see it's got a circle and a square. Well, that's the idea. And the the, the idea of a circle and a square is the circle is earth is um, it's heaven, and the square is earth. Uh, uh. Very, you know. Uh, uh, abstractly speaking. That is our symbology, actually. It is our symbology. And the idea is the marriage of heaven and earth. That's what's being looked at as what this kind of crop circle would, uh, not, excuse me, what this geometric uh, puzzle would give you, give some kind of uh, evidence of, you might say, or or we we interpret that in the crop circles that way because we're, we're back in this whole idea of bringing back this a whole idea of wholeness and earth, and that's what they're all about. So what I haven't told you is what's happening in the crop circles. Uh, somebody got the idea to study all of the five spots, and in the um, 80s, that was a very popular pattern, a central circle, like a dice on the die, you know. There's a central circle, and there are four outlying ones. They're always equidistant from the center, but they can be of varying sizes and varying distances from the center. It can be a big circle in the center, a little circle in the center, big satellite, small, whatever. So somebody got the idea to look at the geometry of all of these many, many uh, uh, five-spot crop circles, and what they discovered was that they all squared the circle. And so all of a sudden, instead of six examples in world literature, we had 50-some-odd. Uh, and we, we do a whole thing about that you know, in the movie because um, it's such a startling kind of uh, you know, uh, discovery uh, that it's, oh, my goodness, look at that. Look, what, look, at, look at what they're doing, just calling you to the marriage of heaven and earth. More heaven. Yeah. We need more heaven around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, you're making me think about, um, well, you know, remembering Close Encounters. I think they communicated through, um, you know, music and mass. And, um, you know, because musical, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm not a scientist, and so and, and my brain is a little bit foggy on this, but my memory of it is that, you know, this idea of communication, you can communicate with, uh, you know, through mathematics with maybe some mm-hmm. other, yeah. you know, uh, uh, intelligence. Um, and, and I think, you know, then that's sort of extrapolated into music as a form of, of mathematics. And that makes me think of like out in nature, you know, you have the, what is it, the Fibonacci um, mm-hmm. uh, thing Sequence, that yes. like, you have yes. in the, like you have in the Nautilus shell and all of that. You know, there's this, there's this perfection to all of it, you know. Um, it, it, I don't know, it, it just, it, it's, it's just... Uh, uh, tantalizing, you know, it's, it's, yes, uh, really. it's and it, 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 right. Yeah. Right. And, and it is our universal can... language, no matter what language you speak, you know, what country you come from, math is all the same. And that does Thank unite you. us. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And that's we a do great live in a world. It. Const- yeah, yeah. It's like a universal we, language. Yeah. Go right. Ahead, I'm sorry. Right. And, and we, and we live in a world that was Constructed. I'm not a scientist or a mathematician either, but you know I've learned a lot from hanging around these uh, cross circles. Uh, but you know we live in a world that is constructed with sacred geometry, uh, and so one of the things that we think about the circles or we talk about the circles is that the reason they're so aesthetically pleasing, you know, they have a 
just a, a, a loveliness about them. And in fact, there, some of them are used, Chinese medicine uh, has discerned or, or some actually quite well-known practitioner who visits the circles a lot has discerned uh, that some of the patterns, if you stare at them, will be healing for certain diseases, specific patterns for specific diseases. He has his patients wow. stare at them. But the whole idea of why we are so drawn to them, why we find them so attractive, is because they are expressing in the sacred geometric language, which is the construct of the universe, you know. So maybe they're speaking to us on this primal level that we can't even language. Yes. Yes, you can definitely say that, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, um, well, um, is well, I want to ask you, you know, what's happening with the films now and uh, and that stuff, but before we, you know, get to sort of that closing stuff, is there anything else about the crop circles or the films that I haven't really asked you that you think would be interesting for the audience? You know, you've actually asked me the most interesting questions, you know, that lead to the things that I think are worth talking about. And I, I think we actually really, really have done a pretty good job of all of that. So okay, I, I, I'm okay. not feeling like, I'm not feeling like there's anything left over that, uh, you know, we okay. need to go back all and right. rescue. Well, I want to make, right. yeah, I want to make sure we cover it all. And the, you know, I'm trying to remember that movie signs. Um, was that the one with Mel Gibson? It was, it was. That was somewhat of a disappointment in that the, you know, as I said, that first movie was hustled up so that it would come out right at the same, approximately the same time. And what the plan was for that movie uh, that um, was uh, the advertising plan for it uh, was that it was going to be featuring crop circles. That was going to be the theme that was going to be promoted. And and they use the crop circles in funny ways. I mean, they this one is there and that one's there. No, no, that's not true at all. But it doesn't matter. They, you know, didn't yeah. hurt anything. They just co-opted the information. But you know, there you watch the movie and you see a fair amount of crop circles. And but they changed the thematic uh, advertising thrust of it from being about crop circles to intrigue you and mystify you to having it be about aliens. And aliens yeah. became the theme. That was a shift. Yeah. That was a change of their strategy. It was very disappointing to us because we thought, oh, my God, we're going to go on the coattails of this mega movie that's going to be talking right. about how fascinating these circles are, and then we're going to have our documentary, you know. So that was actually well, quite you know, disappointing that they changed it. Well, you know, let me just say something about that movie because, I, you know, I, I thought I remember when I saw you referring to the movie Signs, in my mind I thought – it pretty, I was pretty sure it was that movie. And the movie is about Mel Gibson, who is, I think, a former minister who uh, has sort of lost his faith, I think. Now, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I mean, this is like a decade vaguely, ago. Right. So, but but right. vaguely I'm thinking that. And something is going on outside his farm, and you never really know what it is, but you finally get this idea that they're aliens. And I think he, he figures out how to beat them because water is the thing that mm. they can't tolerate or something. Yeah. And, but, 
Yeah. But you know what was the interesting thing about that movie? And and it, I, I know I'm sort of going in a big circle here, but I, I promise that it'll it'll all come together at the end. You know, I was disappointed in that movie because I felt that that was a Christian propaganda movie, and it it seemed like it was it was all sort of subtly pointing to was he, he was having a crisis of faith? Was he going to come back to God? Um, and you know, there were those elements to the movie and in so much so I was so convinced of that at the end I waited to see who was involved in the film I even came home and looked it up on the internet and lo and behold there was uh, Christian organizations who were behind mm. the movie. So where mm. I'm going with all of that is, you know how you said about that little woodcut that hit the devil mm-hmm. cutting the crop mm-hmm. circles? I've mm-hmm. often wondered if 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 this phenomenon, this you know this crop circle phenomenon, is actually scary to some of these low information Christians who are easily disturbed because you know maybe they do think that there's something of the devil you know I mean they they go to the devil so quickly you know oh it's of the devil you know I mean I, they say God is really of yeah, the you know, devil, I, yeah. You know? I actually yeah I hadn't thought about that but it sort of makes it makes perfect sense and then you've got Mel Gibson you know for what power he wields um you know, being sort of a, in that sort of camp. So, yeah, hey, yeah, that's, exactly. that's an interesting thing to think about, really. Yeah, because, really. I, I mean, because, look, I remember when the movie, when the movie Avatar came out, because, you know, that movie was really big into our connection to nature. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, I, right. I looked at it as God, as Goddess Church, to tell you the truth, because uh-huh. it, it, it showed how, a human-like species could be so intertwined with nature. In fact, the Vatican actually came out and said, nature will never replace God. And you had all of these uh, right-wing Christian groups just going crazy on the Internet, um, talking bad about the movie Avatar. And, you know, there's, there's, I don't know, it just feels like to me there's something in, in, in the right-wing fundamentalist psyche that, you know, scares them to death about the power of nature. And if we go back in history, you know, one of the, you know, there are some scholars that say one of the reasons that goddess was thrown aside and patriarchy took hold was because, uh, you, you know, uh, humanity thought that nature was too chaotic and uncontrollable. So it became, you know, something not to, uh, you know, work in concert with but try to dominate. You know, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just, like, going way off the deep end. But it's just, it's all interesting stuff, I think. I, I, I think they're all sort of interconnected in a way. Well, I see that as really the pattern of our culture. I hadn't thought about it as the right wing, and maybe it's just really my ignorance. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, but it is, you know, the pattern of our culture to be a left-brain culture, and the right brain has, uh, you know, really been eclipsed to a dangerous degree. Um, so, you know, back to where kind of we started from, and definitely yeah. the direction we need to move is to retune ourselves to this uh, more elemental kind of reality that we do spring from and that we are of, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, you know, the, the right-wing Christians uh, really do fear right-brain stuff. 
Um, I mean, it's all fine when some patriarch has an epiphany. That's okay. But, I mean, uh, (laughs) you know, they're even uh, anti-yoga because they're afraid that if you uh, clear your mind, uh, the devil will enter. I mean, you know, there's some crazy ideas out there about – uh, you know, it, it just sort of this whole sense of right-brained, uh, you know, the things that go along with, with uh, right-brained stuff. So anyway, you know, I'm sort of going off on a tangent I think that's, here. But that's, it, that's wonderful. No, I, lo- I love hearing you say all these things. They're, that These are really excellent, you know, excellent food for thought, really. These are things we should be thinking about and be aware of, you know. Yeah, really? and I mean, and there are probably uh, other people, you know, more learned than myself who could maybe make the dots can you know fit together uh better you know it feels like there's something there i'm just not sure i can i can language it uh as as well as i'd like but but listen before you go suzanne uh you know it's been great having you tonight um uh, your films though um is anything happening with them um where can we find them what would you like us to know about the films themselves Right. Well, you know they've uh, they've been out a while now, so they're not at their height of heyday of uh, you know uh, uh, any kind of news that they make, what have you. But there they are. And if you go to cropcirclemovie.com, dot com, um, the you can go all the way from see it on Vimeo for two dollars to um, clicking through uh, the purchase price. I think we're we're only selling it for $10 now. It used to be 25 It started at 25 But, you know, it's gotten older. And what you get on the DVD, you get an hour of bonus material uh, in addition to, to the movie. I'm talking about the second movie. The first one is there, too. I just The second one is my movie. You know, I'm just uh, very attached to it. I like it better. What can I say? Uh, if you wanted everything, you can get them both. But then you can get them both there. Uh, but mm-hmm. particularly, you know, for only two dollars, you can stream stream the movie and uh, right, uh, right. And you know, my big claim to fame is a good review in the New York Times. I mean, that was so incredible that that paper hadn't even mentioned crop circles for decades, and there, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I got a really good review! Wow. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> so, a feather in your cap for sure. Well, well really, no, I mean, that is the <laughs> primo movie review place, you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, hooray. people would give. The right, the right arm uh, to uh, really? you know, get a review like that. Um, so, so what really? would you say if so, if somebody were deciding if they were going to look at the two crop circle films, um, or you know, does does one? I mean, is the material in each one different that they would want to see both? Oh, definitely. Uh, I'll just give you, you know, the thumbnail. The first one is really the history of the crop circles. How did they start? What were all the developments? What's, what's the science? I told you the science lady, Nancy, has got a heavy part, a big part to play in it. Uh, it's objective about the phenomenon. The second movie... Wait, 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 before you go on to the second, let's say that what you just described is called the Crop Circle Mystery, right? That's the name of that one. No, 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 the first one is Crop Circle No, 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 that's mine. That's the second one. The first one from 2002 is Crop Circle's Quest for Truth. That was by the Academy Award-nominated filmmaker. It has all the science in it. It has the history of the crop circles in it. And when that came out in 2002, I said, wait a minute. First of all, he was supposed to – the filmmaker had all the power because he had this Academy Award nomination. So he he had control over the subject matter, even though he was really supposed to make – 
the movie that I ended up making, which was the enthusiasm of these people who've given up their lives for it. Why are they, you know, what 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 is the passion of the crop circles? Uh, and it's exciting, you know, you tune into people's uh, uh, it's very attractive people who are tremendously enthusiastic, right, and it right. rubs off, you know. You get really right. uh, enamored and plugged in, and everybody Sucks loves watching in. that movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So that's so. Crop Circle's Quest for the Truth. No, Crop Circle Quest for Truth is the first one. Is the one it's with the, the science one. in it, and the, the, the objective one. one. So the mine, one is, mine is what? What on earth? And then the little tagline is inside the Crop Circle inside. Mystery. It's actually the name of the film is What on Earth. So that's okay. my movie and the one I'm proudest of. Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted I just wanted to make sure we stress the title right. so that people could right. understand the difference in the movies. I, I mean, I would imagine for for me, I would probably just watch them both, you know. But um, but that way they definitely. They I mean, you get the whole picture. Yes, yes, yes. You get the whole thing if you watch them both, for sure, for sure. But so, I still like mine best. <laughs> so, well, and of course, as you should. Um, so, what are right. what are you working on now? Are you doing any other sort of mystical phenomena stuff, or what are you up to? Well, funny you should ask. Actually, today I was filming what is essentially a. Um, it's not exactly a pilot. I'm invited by Amazon. Uh, Amazon Prime, whereby if you were on Amazon Prime, you would get what this will be if it all works well. Uh, but I'm invited to do a uh, series for uh, Amazon Prime of um, these. Um, I, I am I am your your host uh, to inspire this thought process of what can we do to turn the world around, and um, so they they they. I did a little show decades ago, actually, a little local television show called The Cosmic Fuel Pump. And I just was was me. Um, at that time, that show was really all about tuning into consciousness. Well, this show would be all about tuning into our uh, changing our worldview. That was about the individual. This is about our group think. How do we think as a group and how can we change our thinking so that we are in this healthier, goddess-oriented, you might say, uh, more, mm-hmm. god- more goddess-oriented, more nature-oriented, more holistic kind of perspective that we so need to really deal right. with all the things that challenge us. So um, stay tuned. Uh, I'll let you know and maybe you can pass the word okay. along when, if this thing actually uh happens but i am invited to you know if they like what i delivered today actually we're going to be in business so keep fingers well, crossed that sounds good well you know you just reminded me of something and i'll say it real quick and i don't mean to keep you too long here but you know going back to this whole idea of you know uh right the right wing not liking the right brain stuff you because you remember mm-hmm. you know they're, they're the ones that divorced um, the physical body from the sacred, you know, and took the sacred out of nature too. So, mm-hmm, you know, for them, mm-hmm. for them, you know, they like this duality, and you know, they're, you know, they don't seem to be fans of um, of wholeness, you know, uh, because that's you no, know, that's no, not their, you know. But no, anyway, no, okay. no. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, what a world, well, huh? 
What a world. I, I know. It's it's so crazy, but you know we're doing our best to fix it. <laughs> well, listen, thank well, you so much. Well, definitely you and I are for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know, we all we're all doing our little part and uh, and I mean, look, and I think films uh or the or the boards of yester uh, of ancient times, you know. I mean, they're the new board. And uh I Absolutely. mean, and that's why lovely way to think of it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that—that's why I've been trying so hard these for these years to try to do some sort of goddess-oriented um, project. But I mean, it, getting traction for something like that is just uh, practically impossible. You know, uh, you know, maybe times will change. You know, maybe uh, pr- production companies won't be so afraid of it, and down the road uh, it will be something that they'll be looking for. You know, maybe the time just isn't right yet. They're not evolved enough. Who knows? <laughs> but I'll, well, I'll put hopefully it out we're there. always moving. Yeah, hopefully we're always moving into a more enlightened place, and we definitely need a big jump now. And you know, let's let's hope that uh, we kind of uh, wake up and 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 change our ways. You know, and which of yeah. this would be part of it? That whole understanding of this bigger picture that we came from and that we've left behind and that we've gotten distorted and out of balance about. So, you know, let's keep on working, girl, and yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep yeah, going in that direction. Yeah, because I don't think we were put on this earth to um, – you know, to, uh, uh, you know, work three jobs and still not be able to pay the rent. You know, that's not what life was supposed to be about by any stretch of the imagination, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'll, I, you know, you never know who's listening, so I will put it out there right now. I am looking for a production team to make a goddess film or series or something. We can talk. So if anybody out there is interested, mm. get in touch with me. <laughs> But well, okay, thank you. okay. Thank well, I'll bear that in mind. You know, I, I really like the way you think, and you know, your whole perspective. And I love all the questions that you asked. And um, you know, I know we have a lot of simpatico here. And you know, if yeah. I, you know, I'm a little bit in the film world now. So let me see if uh, I can send anything your way. Oh well, that would be great. I would really appreciate that. And you know, who knows? Uh, I mean, my I have a, a very thoughtful salon type group we call Wisdom Circle. You should come be a guest at ours, and then you know maybe you'll invite me to come be a guest at yours, and that might be a lot of fun. Who knows? You know, I actually don't even know where you are, Karen, in this world where we're all in this <laughs> connected well, you know, electronically. Where are you? I mean, I might be wrong, but I have the impression I think we're in each other's backyard. I'm in Venice Beach. Aren't you in L.A.? Oh, yes, I'm in L. Oh, are you kidding me? I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, yeah, def- I'm going to definitely invite you to things, really. <laughs> okay. Well, 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 let's, think well that it, th- let's think that this is the beginning of a friendship here. <laughs> there you go. And you know what? If you are interested in the sacred feminine stuff, you should carpool with me one day down to Orange County, and I'll introduce you to the goddess temple down there, brick-and-mortar goddess temple. I think it will blow your mind, but, you know, we'll see. Hey, I'd be interested, interested in doing that. Let me know. Okay. All right. Most definitely. Let's stay in definitely. touch on email. All right. Okay. Well, thank for sure. You. For sure. Well, it's, what a pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with your new project. And uh, let's stay in touch. Really, I'm going to let you know. So thanks a million for everything. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoy 
hope you enjoyed uh, Suzanne as much as I did. Uh, I just love uh, the subject of crop circles. And I remember we had uh, on the show a year or two ago uh, Gary, uh, I think, Bobroff. I met him at the Joseph Campbell Roundtables, and uh, he has an interesting book out about the crop circles, uh, you know, being – you know, directly connected to the sacred feminine. I'd have to go back in the archives and listen to that again. I know he also has a Facebook page about that as well. Um, if any, uh, you know, and any of my listeners can find that too, I'm sure, by just putting uh, in the search box, put uh, Crop Circles, Voices of the Sacred Feminine, and I'm sure Gary's interview with me will, uh, will pop up. But uh, before I go tonight, I want to say uh, happy birthday. Uh, to my dear sister, Jeanette Lacey, who celebrated her birthday this week. Happy birthday, Jenny. And uh, also, uh, we're still giving prayers for a speedy recovery uh, to Pat, our roving reporter. Uh, Hope she is doing better. She really had a serious car accident, and uh, she has been out of commission. So uh, I invite you to tune in next week as I interview Lady Brenda McCoy uh, as we discuss our topic, The Modern Witch and Seer. Uh, Lady Brenda has been uh, just that um, and uh, for, for the last few decades, as long as I've known her, at least since the 90s, uh, maybe before that, uh, followed by a special episode on May 12th with me uh, called The Spiritual Morality of Caring Economics Versus Separation of Church and State. I know that sounds pretty dry and uh, a mouthful, but basically uh, what it is is this idea of goddess ideals, you know, caring, sharing, partnership. You know, there's a spiritual morality to that. And if and if we can put those sorts of ideas uh, into uh, the working world, into our economics, into corporate America, then um, we um, – you know, then we create a better world. You know, we create a better in, uh, environment instead of this predator capitalism. But there are some who would say, well, um, you know, isn't that um, uh, dissolving the line between uh, church and state if you bring your uh, spirituality uh, into the voting booth or if you bring your spirituality into the workplace and impose it on other people. Well, I tell you, I'm not losing any sleep on trying to suggest to people that uh, they practice caring, sharing, partnership, and peace. Um, it's the people who are trying to impose their religion of domination and oppression and conformity that uh, that bug me. But anyway, that's part of what that talk is about on, on the 12th. And then the following week, uh, Jez Hughes is with me discussing the topic of the shamanic path, healing the earth, our ancestors, and ourselves. And uh, I want to remind you, if you haven't done it already, because I know how busy you are, you want to make sure you take advantage of that freebie that uh, Sage Woman magazine is offering. Uh, if you... Um, you know, Sage Woman Magazine has uh, sort of been the, had their finger on the pulse of the goddess community uh, in the United States, uh, probably for the longest uh, than any other magazines that have come and gone. Uh, uh, Sage Woman uh, celebrates the goddess in every woman. It's been doing so for three decades. Uh, Sage Woman Magazine brings the wisdom of women's spirituality to over 10,000 women every issue. Uh, and, you know, it's a big, nice magazine, like 88 pages. It's not one of these little thin things. Um, and you can get a copy 
Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. All you have to do is pick up the phone or go online. You can call them toll-free at 888-SAGE-WOMAN. That's 888-724-3966, 888-724-3966. And mention that you heard this on Voices of the Sacred Feminine, and Ann Niven, the editor, will see that you get your free copy of Sage Woman magazine. And you can also check them out uh, online, and uh, it's just, uh, the you know, the link is uh, sagewoman.com, sagewoman.com. So um, in closing, I would ask you to remember those important Fs. Uh, hit the follow button on my uh, Voices of the Sacred Feminine show page. Become a friend on my Karen Tate. Facebook pages. So those are the apps, the follow, the friend, the Facebook. And, you know, remember, if you enjoy this kind of programming on Blog Talk, uh, it's not free uh, for hosts like me to bring it to you. Uh, And we see more and more how vital independent media uh, is becoming, especially uh, with the lack of journalistic integrity out there um, with, you know, the corporate-owned Main Street media. So your contributions are needed and welcome uh, because I pay out of my pocket to give my guests a platform to teach and share their wisdom. Uh, There are PayPal buttons on my Goddess Store page if you'd like uh, to make a credit card contribution, or you can always uh, send a check any way you like it. I'm willing to accept it. And um, I will continue to do all the free things I do, like this show, uh, my Goddess Calling audio book series that you can find on YouTube, um, on the Karen Tate YouTube channel, also the free meditation on my web t- website. There's also classes and talks and interviews. Uh, you know, you could uh, spend quite a long time uh, with all of the stuff that's uh, given away free at KarenTate.com. So please enjoy it and share it with your friends. And uh, But uh, above all, you know, what's really important in my mission in the world is sharing the liberation theology of the sacred feminine to help us create a better world, to help us create a new normal. So, um, the uh, mottos of the show, we will close with those. Uh, my final words tonight. Uh, the first is from the German philosopher, author uh, Schoenhauer. He said, All truth passes through three stages. Uh, first, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. And third, it is accepted for being self evident. I think we are living that as well as. The words of Gandhi, who said, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. And I sure hope that's the journey for Bernie Sanders, too. First they ignored him, then they laughed at him, now they're fighting him, and you know what? I sure hope for the sake of all of us, then he wins, because that means we win. Well, good night, dear listeners. Um, I will close uh, the show with uh, Celia's uh, cut uh, called Connected, which we opened with, but I'll let you hear the long version. Uh, And uh, don't forget, be with me next Wednesday and my special show on May 12th. Good night. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Mother's Day, you creators and creatrixes, all of you out there. Good night. Thank you.
Comfort and pr- 